Welcome everybody to another edition of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? I'm so happy to be here. We have got a fantastic show for you today because on the show I'm going to have Sports Vision's Thrift Barringer. He is also the play-by-play announcer for the St. Apicelli Vikings and he also does basketball games around the Chattahoochee Valley. I'm just so thrilled to have him here on the show. Uh, Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM out of Noonan. And as always, this show is brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Now, before I get the show started, if you are interested in being a sponsor, let me know so I can get your uh, read on and you know the more the merrier i mean i'd love to have more sponsors here for this show Uh, just send me a message on facebook or twitter and uh, would love to get you as part of the sports beat family but i'm telling you i am excited about today's show it is a jam-packed show this is episode 558 it will be aired on february the 9th 2023 Of course, I'm broadcasting this on Facebook Live late Wednesday night, but it will also re-air on WQEE. Remember, I got a radio show. I've been there for about a year from 2 to 3 p.m. on WQEE. A fantastic sports lineup. Rod Peterson kicks things off from 12 to 2, and then I got my show from 2 to 3, and then Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Man, we probably got to do a collaboration show. That would be just amazing. I do want to remind everybody that Friday night I will be at the campus of Shaw High School. It is senior night as the Lady Raiders will tip things off at 6 p.m., followed by the Varsity Boys. They are going to tip off at 7.30. It's senior night as the Shaw Raiders and Lady Raiders will take on region foe Westover. The Shaw Raiders are on a two-game win streak. I was very blessed to stream the game live on my Facebook page, uh, the Shaw and Hardaway game. I was actually PA announcing, but I give all the credit to Thrip Berenger. I mean, if it wasn't for him, you know, he got me into you know calling games with him, and I was very intrigued by it, and I just wanted to try it out to see uh, how it was. But Thrift paved the way. He does an amazing job with the with the basketball broadcasts. And every time that he does a game, he just knocks it out of the park. And really, I owe him just a lot of uh, gratitude for him just giving me that idea. And uh, that's how I was able to. Going to still do it on uh, the game against Westover on Friday. Uh, but it's it's also, uh, I'm going to make sure to that we're going to go ahead and collaborate. I will give Thrift Score updates. He's going to be broadcasting the St. Apicelli-Brookstone game. Uh, I'll try to get a score update from that game, and then I'll send him a text message and and give him score updates for uh, the Shaw-Westover game. So it should be a lot of fun. There is a lot of action on Friday nights to include Spencer taking on Ace Charter. Spencer is trying to get a perfect season in region play, trying to pick up their 21st victory. And then you also have uh, Kendrick and Jordan. Uh, Kendrick actually took one on the chin on Tuesday night, losing to Rutland on the road. But they have a chance to try to gain ground in their region, taking on their crosstown rival, the Jordan Red Jackets. 
and Kendrick has been uh, doing a great job so far. And then Northside. Northside is on the road taking on Harris County. And then you also have region tournament play where you have Auburn taking on Smith Station and Central taking on Opelika. Should be a lot of fun. This week is crunch time in high school basketball. And you also have the Glenwood Lady Gators in the AISA Championship, which will tip off on Friday. The boys Gators team is taking on Lee Scott Academy tomorrow. Don't forget that Friday I will have my Friday Night Lights high school football scoreboard show. High school basketball. I'm going to trickle in some high school baseball. But my special guest is Kate Norum, a resident of uh, the Marietta area, a KSU alum. And we're going to talk everything Kennesaw State basketball. I am super excited to have Kate Norum on the show because it's a special time up in owl country. The Kennesaw State Owls, which have 18 wins, I believe are going to make the NCAA tournament. I've been saying this since Amir Abdul-Rahim really has turned this program around and they've had more wins in program history. But we do have some things to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Russell Westbrook trade. Who are the big winners and who are the big losers? The trade deadline is looming. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. February the 9th, the trade deadline in the NBA. And then Brock Purdy is electing to have surgery on his uh, torn elbow. His He had a torn UCL, and he will have surgery and the timeline for him to return is six months, so he should be back in time for the 2023 season, which I am super excited because Brock Purdy, you know, he's won just about every award as far as Rookie of the Year for the NFL, the last pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He will be back, and I believe he will be the starter week one for San Francisco and Trey Lance, which is going to be a good backup. Trey Lance is going to be the backup. So Kevin Durant gets traded to the Phoenix Suns. Does this make the Phoenix Suns contenders in the Western Conference? I think that the Phoenix Suns can make it into the NBA Finals, and this is a game changer because now you have a big three in Phoenix. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. I can't believe that the Suns were able to pull this off. You got Kyrie on the Mavs. You got Kevin Durant on the Suns. You got D'Angelo Russell now on the Lakers. The Western Conference is wide open. One of these teams, I believe, is going to reach the finals. Well, not the Lakers, but at least the Suns or the Mavericks. All right, let's get into the Russell Westbrook trade. Because the Los Angeles Lakers send Russell Westbrook in a three-team trade to the Utah Jazz the Minnesota T-Wolves are involved in this trade. And who do the Lakers get in return? Well, they get a player. I don't know if you've heard of him. D'Angelo Russell. He is the second overall pick in the 2015 draft. He played two seasons for the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers gave up on him because they felt that, you know, he wasn't going to be a good player. And... You know, Brooklyn had him, and that's where he became an all-star. And he had a rough patch with the Lakers in his first two seasons, but D'Angelo Russell turned things around. He upped his scoring average, and I think that the Lakers are going to get a more polished player than what he used to be when he was a first-year player. That young 19-year-old that came out of Ohio State at was – Averaging 14 points a game, I mean, he had some moments with the Lakers. 
And so some other trades. You got Mike Conley Jr. going from the Utah Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And now the Timberwolves, they got Mike Conley Jr. They got Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. I think the Timberwolves are better. I think the Utah Jazz are exciting. You get Russell Westbrook. And now Russell Westbrook, here's the teams he's been on in the last five years. The Thunder, the Wizards the Lakers, the Rockets, and now the Jazz. Yes, Russell Westbrook has been on five teams in the last five years, and not in that order. But Russell Westbrook, who can't shoot, he's not a very good teammate. He is a dynamic player. He is a Hall of Fame player, one of the most electrifying players that the game has ever seen. But he's a bad teammate, and he is a high-volume shooter, and he cannot shoot the three. And when it comes to crunch time, D'Angelo Russell shrinks in the big moment. That's why it didn't work in L.A. With a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD, the Lakers were hoping to build a big three and get the Lakers back to championship form. Now, the Lakers' big three is not the most disappointing big three of all time. I think the most disappointing big three was was KD, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook on this team last year. He went to management. He went to Jeannie Buss. He went to Rob Palinka and said, get me Russell Westbrook. This is who the Lakers traded away to get Russell Westbrook. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who had a massive finals in the bubble in 2020. Kyle Kuzma, who is a decent shooter. He wasn't a great player, but, you know, in spurts, he was pretty good. And then Montrez Harrell, the junkyard dog in the middle, and he was a great defensive player for the Lakers. That's who they got rid of to get Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook had his worst NBA career last year. He's going to have a fresh start with Utah. Maybe it lasts in Utah. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But do the Lakers become a better team with D'Angelo Russell? Well, right now the Lakers are still not even in contention for the play-in game. They lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, LeBron got his all-time record and passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring record. I didn't like the game and how you know LeBron got his points and then he sat out. They had a little presentation for him. But the Lakers lost the game. That is not team basketball and that proves that LeBron since he's gone to LA has been an individual yeah it worked one year in the bubble with a healthy LeBron and AD because he had four months off but it hasn't worked in LA this has been a dysfunctional franchise since 2013 I'm not saying that Jeannie Buss doesn't know what she's doing she is a very smart that actually worked well under her father Dr. Buss for years yeah I watched the documentary Jeannie Buss is, is a good owner, but she's listening to the wrong people. Rob Palinka is not a GM. Rob Palinka is an agent, and he has made some terrible moves. You don't give away all your young players. The Lakers didn't have trade capital. I can't believe they pulled this trade off. They have no trade capital because they got rid of players like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle. But at least they got D'Angelo Russell back. The number two overall pick in the 2015 draft. Played two seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers. He is back in a Lakers uniform. And uh, maybe it'll work. 
but we'll see. All right, I'm going to shift to Brock Purdy because uh, when I first heard this news, I was really excited. Uh, Brock Purdy is choosing to have surgery on his elbow. It will sideline him for six months, but he should be back in time for training camp. This is huge because this makes the 49ers the favorites in the NFC. Yes, I said it. I strongly believe if Brock Purdy was healthy, if Brock Purdy does not get injured in that game, he was doing a pretty good job in the pocket moving the football. That's a different ball game. I think the 49ers actually go toe-to-toe with the Eagles and maybe even win that game. That's how much of a difference that Brock Purdy made on the season. Don't say because he got injured in the NFC Championship. We'll never know. And yes, you could say the sample size is still small, but the sample size that I saw from Brock Purdy is that he's at least a top 10 quarterback. There is no doubt in my mind. And I know that the naysayers are going to say, well, he's Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. He still showed signs of brilliance. That 49ers offense was much better when Brock Purdy was in at quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving up on Trey Lance. I think the Trey Lance has some special skills that can do fine. I want to see what Trey Lance can do. He's going to try to elevate his career. And I really want to see Brock Purdy and Trey Lance just compete for the starting job. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see the 49ers in 2023. I know the NFL schedule is going to come out, I think sometime in April or May, right after the NFL draft. But we do know who the 49ers are going to play on the road. They're going to play the Eagles on the road. That has got to be a Sunday night game. And if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that's probably going to be the first game in week one on that Thursday night. Uh, 49ers and Eagles. That's the game that I am circling. I want to see 49ers at Eagles. And of course, the 49ers are going to play the Cowboys at home. This is a year where they take on all the teams in the NFC East. And uh, they play either in Jacksonville or in London. I mean, on the schedule, it says the 49ers are going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. So that that's a game that I'm willing to make that five-hour trip down and uh, maybe uh, spend the night with my brother-in-law and uh, go see the 49ers and Jaguars. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Uh, do you think uh, uh, maybe we can uh, work something out where I could just uh, stay with you guys? All right. <laughs> no, all right. Well, we're going we're gonna to be chugging along here because, you know, we talk, we're talking NBA, we're talking football. You know, and I, I look at, at some of the scores and the schedules that the NBA had. You know, I was just completely shocked that the Lakers finally pulled it off, that they got D'Angelo Russell in uh, this trade. Uh, looking at some of the scores, uh, you know, the big primetime game was the Boston Celtics beating the 76ers 106-99. to Really, these are number one and number two teams in the Eastern Conference. If you look at, and I, I, just, I just pulled this up on here because uh, it was a big headline news that the the Boston Celtics did lose Jalen Brown to an injury. So that could be the the Achilles heel for the Boston Celtics is health. But I cannot believe what the Celtics are doing without their suspended coach, Ime Udoka. But you look at the NBA standings, it's getting closer and closer. The Milwaukee Bucks, a game and a half behind the Boston Celtics. They're making their move. They have won eight straight. I have called it. I said the Milwaukee Bucks are going to represent the East in the NBA Finals. I still believe it's going to be the Bucks and Clippers. That is my NBA Finals pick. See, the West, the jury's still out on Denver. I don't know if Denver is going to be a great playoff team. 
Memphis has struggled, even though they're number one. And I don't know how long Sacramento can keep this up. It's the Clippers who have won eight out of the last ten with a healthy Kawhi, with a healthy Paul George. They have depth on their bench, and they just have a great coach, Teron Liu, who won a title with Cleveland and LeBron. I think that the Los Angeles Clippers can make a run. Kawhi Leonard is that playoff performer when he's healthy. There's nobody better than Kawhi Leonard. And I'm talking about, I'm even considering him as far as clutch in the playoffs as on the same par as LeBron. And I really mean that. Did you see him take the Toronto Raptors, put them on his back, and win an NBA title? That's what Kawhi Leonard did for one season with the Toronto Raptors. He made it work. And if he didn't get injured in the Western Conference Finals when San Antonio was playing Golden State, if he doesn't get injured, I think the Spurs actually beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Now, speaking of the Warriors, they're going to be out with without Steph Curry for about a month. Draymond wants to get paid. This team is getting old. Right now, they are the number seven seed, so they would have to be in the play-in game with the New Orleans Pelicans. Then you got Minnesota and Utah in, in the eight and nine. See, this, <laughs> this Russell Westbrook trade could backfire because what if Russell Westbrook makes the Jazz better and the Jazz deny the Lakers getting into the play-in game? That's a possibility. I honestly think that that could be a possibility. And then I think that Minnesota got better. Yeah, Minnesota got better with Mike Conley Jr. because they now have their veteran point guard that is really going to distribute the ball. He is going to be the floor general on the court, and he is going to develop Anthony Edwards. I mean, Anthony Edwards now can just, he's got free range just to shoot whatever whenever he wants. And I think that Anthony Edwards is going to have a great breakout second half for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Moving on to college basketball. You see how I... You see how uh, this show flows where I just, you know, I'm knock out topics one after another. And that that's really what I'm all about. College basketball. We had a major upset in college basketball. Buzzer beater. Vanderbilt takes out Tennessee. And I'm going to have my bracketology show on Tuesday. I don't think Tennessee is a number one seed anymore. I honestly think that what Tennessee losing to an unranked Vanderbilt team. They lost to an unranked Florida team. Uh, Tennessee is not a number one team anymore. Alabama beating Florida. Alabama has proven that they are a number one seed, but they still got to play Auburn this Saturday, and they still got to play Tennessee next week. It should be a lot of fun in the SEC. And uh, looking at some of these scores, another big-time upset, West Virginia takes down Iowa State. I said before on this show that when an unranked team beats a ranked team, but the unranked team is at home, is that really an upset? Because this unranked team at home, they're giving that ranked team their best shot. Then you got the fans, you got the student section, they're going nuts. And it is hard to win on the road, especially in a hostile environment. Congratulations to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, even though I thought, well, Georgia Tech has not had a great season so far. They have underachieved. 
they they've underachieved for the last 20 years. Let's be honest. Georgia Tech has not been at the level they should be. Georgia Tech goes to 9 and 15 after beating Notre Dame. You know, a mediocre team in the ACC. I mean, that's not really an impressive win. And I want to see how Georgia Tech responds, but I think that Josh Pastner is going to get fired. It it's just it's not working out. He's not the guy for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I mean, it didn't work out with Brian Gregory. I liked Paul Hewitt. He got them to the championship in, in 2004. But Georgia Tech really hasn't been the same since Bobby Kremens left. Back when Georgia Tech was called point guard U, and they had Mark Price, Travis Best, Stephon Marbury, Kenny Anderson, so anyway, hey, Kennesaw State in action tomorrow night on ESPN Plus, 18 and 7. They're shattering their record. I'm gonna, I'm going to have Kate Norm on the show on Friday. Kennesaw State is taking on Jacksonville State. Now, Amir Abdurrahim, who I think he's related to uh NBA great Sharif Abdurrahim, which by the way, won a state title for Joseph Wheeler up in Marietta. You know, that's just a fun fact I wanted to throw out there. So Amir Abdul-Rahim, in his fourth season with Kennesaw State, you know his first season he started 1-28? Imagine if the athletic director at Kennesaw State decided, this is not the guy, we got to get rid of him. Look, you got to be patient with coaches. Look at Jimmy Johnson in 1989 with the Dallas Cowboys. He went 1-15. Jerry Jones was patient with him, and he ended up winning two Super Bowls. Now, they fell out later, but, you know, that's neither here or there. I like what Amir Abdul-Rahim is doing. And I actually believe, because he has ties to, I believe, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. I got to look that up. I want to see if Amir Abdul-Rahim is related to Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Because... That was my favorite player growing up. You know, he he played at Joseph Wheeler and he won a state title. Man, this guy, Abir Abdul Rahim. Yes, he's the head coach of Kennesaw State. And his brother is Sharif Abdul Rahim. And one thing I loved about Sharif Abdurrahim, he was a very underrated player. He went on to play for the Memphis Grizzlies. He played for the Hawks. And then he played for the Sacramento Kings. He was a very underrated NBA player. Played one year at Cal, and then he was drafted. And he averaged about 20 points a game. And, you know, you know, when you're scoring like that and you're really not getting recognition, you're not, you know, moving the highlight film on Sports Center. But yeah, congratulations to Amir Abdul-Rahim having a great season with Kennesaw State. And yes, he is the brother of NBA great. And I mean great, he he is a great player, not a Hall of Fame player, but a great player, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Columbus State, congratulations to the Columbus State Lady Cougars picking up the big win over Young Harris College. You know, this game was on the road. And Coach Hauser has got the Columbus State Lady Cougars on a pretty decent win streak. You know, I've, I've had Coach Hauser on the show. I've had uh, 
Coach uh, Robert Moore on the show. And as always, they, they do a great job with the interview. I appreciate everything that Coach Hauser has done. And uh, Latia Reeves scored 31 points for the Lady Cougars as they pushed their season overall record to 14-7 and and 8-5 and in the Peach Belt. And this Saturday, they're taking on their state rival. They go to Morrow, Georgia to take on the Lady Lakers of Clayton State University. Meanwhile, and I actually caught the tail end of this game on the Peach Belt Network, uh, the broadcast up at Young Harris. You you couldn't get Scott Miller on because it was the Young Harris broadcast. I really wanted to hear Scott Miller. But Scott Miller was on the radio for Columbus State. So I was listening to the Young Harris broadcasters, and first thing that got me thinking is uh, they were good, but, you know, as, as an inspiring broadcaster, I... I know that, that there's there's got to be a shot out there for me to to be the voice of one of these colleges, even if it's like a a college like Point University or Lagrange College or something. Because you know, I I personally feel as a broadcaster, I am more than capable of calling these games, and that's just how I feel. That's I've got experience. I got twenty years experience doing broadcasting, and you know. I listened to the broadcast, but unfortunately, Young Harris did pull it off in the end, beating Columbus State 70 to 64. You know, Columbus State made it close. I mean, Columbus State was leading at halftime 33 to 25, but Young Harris just pulled away in the second half and Columbus State falls to 13 and 10 overall, 7 6 and 7 in the Peach Belt. Young Harris, I mean, this is a really good team. They played a really good team on the road. That's 18 and 4 overall and 9-4 and four in the Peach Belt. It seems like Young Harris is just always a thorn in Columbus State's side. I've seen Young Harris like in baseball win the Peach Belt Conference when Columbus State was clearly the better team. So Young Harris just seems to have Columbus State's number in multiple sports. But here are your leading scorers for the Columbus State Cougars. Uh, Damari Black with 13, Nelson Haskin with 11, and Jelani James with 10. And, of course, you know, because the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars, they play games simultaneously. They're going to travel to Morrow, Georgia, to take on the Clayton State Lakers, which that was the first Columbus State game I ever attended. It was back in February of 2020. Columbus State was taken on Clayton State, and Clayton State is considered their big rival. I mean, if you look at the rivals in Georgia – you got Clayton State, you got Georgia Southwestern, you got Georgia College, you got North Georgia College, and you got Young Harris. The Columbus State baseball team, they get the big win over Albany State. Four to one. Zach Brockman was your winning pitcher. And Isaac Bowton, you remember Isaac Bowton, the hero from game two in the Super Regional against North Greenville? where he got a walk-off home run and Scott Miller had an incredible call, which I asked Scott Miller if I can use his audio of the call for my podcast, and he said, sure. It was an incredible call, so I used it. Isaac Bowden against Albany State hits two home runs, and Columbus State is now 4-1 and one on the season. They have a three-game win streak. And they will take on Spring Hill on the road. 
And as always, you can come out to the Diamond and see Columbus State baseball action as always live on the Diamond. And if Scott Miller's not calling a basketball game, he is definitely calling that baseball game and does a fantastic job. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to help out and fill in for baseball when he's calling a basketball game. That would have just been a dream come true. Really, the ultimate goal is to be up in the booth with Scott Miller and you know help him call the baseball game. You know, be the color commentator to his play-by-play. That would be a dream come true. And maybe someday... I do want to talk about Dave Plata. Dave Plata has been a guest on my show. Um, we had... Uh, in in the summer months, I did what's called a, a, an ESP... Like, it was like a 30 for 30. I picked sports figures in Columbus, sports topics. And Dave Plata was nice enough to join me. And we commented on it. You know, I did a documentary on the 2006 Northern Little League champions. I did a documentary on USA softball in the 1996 Olympics because Columbus was the host. I did a documentary on Frank Thomas. I did a documentary on Sam Mitchell. I did a documentary on Larry Mize. I did a documentary on Glenn Davis, uh, Isaiah Crowell, Tim Hudson. I mean, a, a bunch of people from Columbus. And so Dave Plata was on Sports Visions with DJ and Thrift. Uh, They have their Sports Visions radio show on Flavor 92.1. You can catch them on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 6. Dave Plata's interview was fascinating. It was absolutely incredible. His story is fascinating. And I can't think of somebody with more courage and bravery than Dave Plata. And what he has stood for and him basically standing up for what he believes is right. I applaud the guy and I really have the utmost respect for Dave Plata. He's been doing it a long time and he is also a hall of famer getting inducted into the Chattahoochee Valley sports hall of fame is quite an honor. And I really wish that I was in attendance. I was able to meet his son at the Shaw press conference. I met Drew Plata and uh, just, told Drew that how much I appreciated his dad. And uh, hopefully I'll try to get Dave Plata here on the show. And I really just want to, I love doing the show. You know, I've been doing this show for three years. I've had over 558 episodes. I mean, it's really been incredible what I've been doing on this show, but I want to keep going. I want to continue having guests. I want to continue making this show as local to Columbus as possible because there is a missing void in the Chattahoochee Valley. We don't have local sports talk radio five days a week. We do have sports visions from four to six on Mondays and Thursdays, and I highly recommend it. It's a fantastic sports show, and I listen to them as much as I can, especially since they break down all the local stuff. And call it what you want, I, I I take their ideas, like when they talk about local stuff, I'll mention it on my show. And so I really appreciate them, you know, doing the legwork and, and getting all the, the local sports. And that's why I want to have more local people on the show, like the, the local sports anchors here in town. And then uh, Super Bowl 57, the Eagles are still a one and a half point favorite, I believe. 
that the Eagles have the better defense, better O-line, better receivers, better running back. What the Kansas City Chiefs have going for them is they have Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes is 80%, he is going to ball out. They also have the better coach. I think that Andy Reid can outcoach Nick Sirianni. And I think that schematically, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to not only keep it close, I think the Chiefs are going to win just because it is Andy Reid and it is Patrick Mahomes. I think the Eagles might have got some breaks, you know, beating the incompetent Giants and then beating the 49ers who didn't even have a quarterback. It's going to be an interesting Super Bowl 57. I can't wait. I'll watch, not really rooting for any of the teams. Well, I am excited because in about, I would say, the following week, we've got the XFL. And you know, in April, we have the USFL. But the XFL is back. And I thought this league was going to succeed in 2020, but COVID hit, and it just wasn't the same. But we got some incredible matchups in the XFL week one, Saturday, February the 18th, the Vegas Vipers taking on the Arlington Renegades. You got the Orlando Guardians taking on the Houston Roughnecks. The St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the San Antonio Brahmas. The Seattle Sea Dragons taking on the DC Defenders. So you have eight teams in the XFL. And I think all these games are, oh, two games are on Saturday, two games are on Sunday. Just the perfect amount of football on a Saturday and Sunday, President's Day weekend. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And I can't wait for the USFL in April. And then March is going to be a crazy month because you have March Madness, but you also have the World Baseball Classic, which I'm a huge fan of. And uh, 2023 is going to be a great year. I honestly think that 2023 is going to be one of those years where I may think that I'm not elevating as a broadcaster, but I will try to get there with honing my craft, honing the skill, uh, which is not just calling rapids. I know people just, when they look at me and they associate me, they think I'm the voice of the Columbus Rapids, which is true. I am the voice of the Columbus Rapids, but I also do high school football, high school basketball, and soon high school baseball, hopefully. Oh, and the, and the Columbus Lions, I forgot about them. Um, but I I think that I, I just love sports. And I love calling sports. I love taking my family to sporting events. I think one of the most iconic moments for me was um, that – Rapids game last year when they were taking on the Rome Gladiators and it was uh, MLK Day and it was uh, kids getting free. And so my two girls were up in the press box with me and I was calling the game. And Olivia Gerald just scored for Columbus. I got excited. It's like, Olivia Gerald with a goal. And I high-fived my daughter. That, that kind of got me a little tear-eyed. My daughter was sitting on my lap up in the press box while I was calling that game, and that got me emotional. And this is this is why I do it. I love doing it because, you know, I, I get to be a role model. And, you know, my girls think it's so cool that I'm calling games. I mean, they tell their friends at school. 
And then now my youngest is actually playing soccer, and I'm going to kind of stay, I'm going to lay low. I'm not going to mention I'm the announcer for the Rapids. I don't want to intimidate anybody. I'm just kidding. I don't even play soccer. That was the criticism about uh, in the beginning when I first got hired as the Columbus Rapids announcer. I had people trash me on YouTube saying, this guy doesn't know soccer. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He can't get the terminology right. And and you're right. I had to learn the terminology. And, you know, I don't have a soccer background. I mean, I did call soccer in college, but I was mainly football, basketball, and baseball. But play-by-play is play-by-play. You can make play-by-play sound great for anything, and that's why I made the Rapids games exciting. February 22nd is the next Rapids game. It is going to be at the Columbus Civic Center taking on the Tampa Bay Strikers, and their head coach, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker, Martin Gramatica. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. And welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, and on the show, starting to become a weekly guest, it's Sports Visions, it's Sports Visions, Thrift Behringer, also not just the play-by-play announcer for St. Ampicelli. Thrift, you are all over the Chattahoochee Valley calling other basketball games. You have a, There is a need out there, and you are meeting this need. I saw you call the Northside McIntosh game, the girls and the boys. You did an awesome job. At Thrift, first of all, I, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. There's just a lot of high school basketball to talk about. Uh, there's a lot going on right now, and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed being able to call Senior Night. I know the boys didn't play out the way we wanted to for Northside Patriots, and I say we because that's here for all Columbus teams, but excellent job by Coach Johnson over there, the boys' coach who's rebuilt that program. Coach Woods, the girls' coach, has got their team and number one team in the region. Um, and the boys were playing without Jakeith Hodo. Um, it seems like around this time of year, there's been a lot of injuries. I'm first starting with um, – first starting with – uh, like I was talking about with Cam Ellis and Pacelli, he's been out with an injury. And then you're looking at Taylor Williams of Brookstone. She's been out with an injury, and she's actually out for the season. And now Jakeith Hodo, who we both called hit the game winner against uh, Spencer, he is out um, with a dislocated finger. So I hate that he didn't get a play in senior night last night. If he would have played, I think it would have been a different game. Uh, McIntosh is a really good team. They got a big guy in Yulche Ilo who's averaging 18 and 14, he's 6'7". He is a monster, and Northside doesn't have a lot of size. They like playing five-guard lineups, so really fun. Enjoyed being able to do it. You know, Glenwood's playing. There's a lot of good basketball going on this week. Well, this is a very interesting week because right now you do have Glenwood Gators and uh, the girls and the boys playing in the in Alabama Independent School Association State Tournament down at the multiplex at the Cramden Bowl. The, Ga- the Lady Gators, right now as we are speaking, are in the Final Four against Fort Dale Academy. Uh, that game tipped off about, I would say, if, if they're going off of Central Time, it should be tipping off right now. Coach Purdue is going to have them ready. And then the boys are actually taking on Lee Scott Academy in the Final Four. Um, yeah, they're taking Lee Scott Academy in the Final Four on Thursday. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the Gators and the Lady Gators, I mean, they can make that run, and 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 I know that we're wishing them the best of luck over in Montgomery. Yeah, I fully expect the Lady Gators to come out as a three-time back-to-back-to-back state champion by Saturday. Um, so next time, we'll have a Sports Vision show tomorrow, but
But next time on Monday after this weekend, I expect to be saying the Glenwood Gators are state champions as girls. On the boys' side, though, a little bit different story. Um, because they lost a upset and a nail-biter to Macon East in the region tournament, 47-45. to 45. Um, Because of that, Richard, they are now the three-seed in the region. I mean, three-seed when heading into the actual um, playoffs. What they do is they take four teams from each region. Um, eight teams make the playoffs. I think all eight teams that play in 3A make the playoffs um, for the AISA. So even if you have a bad record, you still make it. And looking at the way Glenwood, you know, played the entire year, they blew out making East at home, and they played them in the region tournament, lost by two. And because of that, now Glenwood is having to play Lee Scott in the Final Four. If they would have beat Macon East and came second in the region, they wouldn't play Lee Scott to the state championship game. I'm talking about the boys' side. So they'll have a tough matchup. They won against Fort Dale. They're actually losing at halftime, yes, last night um, to Fort Dale by nine, but they ended up winning the game by 18. It's going to be a tough matchup. I think Coach Fruit is going to have an excellent game plan. It's hard to beat a team four times in one year, and Lee Scott's hard to beat them three times. Um, so I'm going to be cheering for those Gators and the girls play tonight, boys, tomorrow. I was hoping I'd get to live stream those games in the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. Um, but because of uh, legalities and uh, the AISA already partnering with someone, just like the AHSA does for their state championships, um, I won't be able to live stream those games. But we still wish them the best of luck. All right. And we also have 7A Area 4 region tournament play on the campus of Auburn High School on Thursday. We have Auburn taking on Smith Station. And Central taking on Opelika. Now, Thrift, correct me if I'm wrong. Auburn is pretty much going to get an at-large bid if they don't win this region tournament, right? And that's exactly right. Auburn's a really good team, Richard. And they're going to continue to make the playoffs. Central's going to make the playoffs. But Auburn wants to host a lot of games in the playoffs. You don't want to be stuck on the road. You know, in football, I think it matters, you know, playing at home and on the road. Baseball, not near as much. But where it matters the most, in my opinion, is basketball. Because I think a crowd, and not only just a crowd, the crowd and where it's being played at dictates how officials call games. Richard, you've seen it all the time. Just saw it last night with Northside and McIntosh. Last Friday against Heritage and Pacelli. I mean, I thought that was a, one of the worst officiated games I've seen in a long time. Pacelli had 30 fouls that game. Heritage only eight. And the final score, they only lost by three, remember, without Cam Ellis. I, I, I think you want to have home field advantage or home court advantage as much as possible because these referees are human and they tend to decide where the, 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 the fans are at because they don't want somebody on their back. They don't want fans mad after the game. I mean, it, it's an, they do it in the pros. They're going to do it in high school basketball. Um, so I'm hoping Auburn and Central do, uh, do very well. I know Auburn's considered part of our area. WRBL covers them. WTVM does, but, I'm definitely going for a central girls and boys and hoping the best for them. So last night in Columbus, we had a lot of schools in action. You were calling the Northside McIntosh game. You had Columbus taking on Crips County. You had Carver that was taking on Monroe. And then you had, you had Kendrick. They were, they were on the road against Rutland, but unfortunately they did lose. I was hoping that Kendrick can pull that win out because they take on Jordan this Friday night, senior night. Kendrick was in second place in this region. We know that Spencer is going to host the region tournament on the 17th and 18th. But what can Kendrick do? Do they got to get an upset win over Spencer to get into the state playoffs? Or Because we know that Spencer is going to win with, with an at-large bid. But 
Uh, how What does Kendrick need to do to get into the state playoffs? No doubt about it. Quentin Walcott is a dominant player. He's averaging close to 18 and 15. Um, he is a – he was Force Fishing's player of the game in the Christmas tournament. Central – I mean, Kendrick's going to have to have an upset. They're a really good basketball team. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that Quentin Walcott, as your daughters walk in to say, hey, love seeing them, that I'm hoping that Quentin Walcott and Kendrick – and the coach Andre Dye done an excellent job with that team and that they find a way to get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And you got to look at some of the matchups this Friday night. Thrift, you're going to be calling Pacelli Brookstone. I'm actually going to be calling Shaw and Westover. Coach Horton has invited me back, and the athletic director, Blair Harrison, has invited me back for senior night to call Shaw and Westover. And and uh, Shaw's riding a two-game win streak. Shaw won in Cairo on Saturday. Uh, Thrift, I mean, I know you were calling Pacelli and Heritage. I witnessed an incredible game Friday night. Shaw and Hardaway going to overtime and Shaw getting the 53 to 51 victory over their crosstown rival Hardaway. It, it was the, it was one of the most incredible games. I think it it really it matches up with that Northside Spencer game that we called at the Muskogee County Christmas tournament. Yeah, unbelievable. I saw how it finished and you'll be doing uh the PA announcing which I again that's an uh, it's it's not taken seriously. Uh, around this area, and I wish it would be, and I hate that um, more teams don't have PA announcers, but I'm glad that you're going to be able to do the PA announcement there. Um, and I'm excited to be able to live stream Brookstone and Pacelli. Shaw's got a big matchup. All these teams are still got a chance to go into the region tournament and trying to get on, uh, on a winning winning track, and they have a chance to get into the playoffs. I know the girls are 12-10 and 10 or 13-10. Coach Crowell's done a great job over there, so – Excited about senior night. A lot of teams have it. Harris County does too. Um, so looking forward to seeing how Shaw plays out Friday. It should be a fun night. And as I'm going to be the public address announcer, I'm also going to stream the game live on my Facebook page. It's it's not going to be the full commitment to play-by-play, but I'll give score updates. I don't know if you caught the video from uh, Friday night, but I had a lot of feedback. Coach Crowell shared it. You had Coach Horton. And then uh, the coach over at Hardaway Girls uh, Coach uh, Kelly Ellison, and, and they have an amazing team, th- those Hardaway girls. I mean, it, it was not the outcome the Shaw Lady Raiders wanted, but I, I was very impressed with the Hardaway girls, and I think that they could compete in the state uh, ter- uh, tournament when they get in. Yeah, I think they can too, and Hardaway, I just was talking with Coach Ellison and Coach Mills the other day. I was giving Sports Vision's uh, book bags to LaMel Mims, who won it, and also to uh, LaMel Mims and Michaela Johnson. Um, and we're talking about their both their programs, their regular season's done. So I fully expect Hardaway uh, to, especially the girls' side, they're ranked number three in the state. I expect to make a huge deep run um, to the state uh, final. Hopefully they can make it there. They're a young team. Remember, all their players are sophomores and juniors. Um, and then looking at the boys' side, uh, Coach Mills has done a good job with this team. Still a young team that's got a lot of potential for the next cople years to grow, just like the Shaw boys. I know both of them have losing records, but – these seem to build it for the future. And then we have a couple of games on Friday night. Of course, Spencer's taking on Ace Charter. Uh, it's going to be at Spencer. Spencer, uh, they beat Central and Macon on Tuesday, picked up their 20th win. They could go for win number 21 and have an unscathed record in their region. You have Kendrick taking on Jordan. I think that Kendrick, with a win, can really solidify their seeding when they get to area region tournament play and then you have Northside taking on Harris County now the Harris County boys team hasn't really had that great of a season 
But Thrift, that Harris County Northside girls uh, matchup is massive. The Lady Tigers and the Lady Patriots have had incredible seasons so far. And this is going to be a big game in 5A for uh, these two uh, rivals. Uh, yeah, and I, I, these are two of the best teams in their region, um, along with McIntosh and a few other schools. Uh, but I think, you know, Harris County has always had a really good program. Um, and I can't think of the coach's name, and I, I see her all the time, who the head co- girls coach is. But she's done a phenomenal job building that program up. They, they've they been a dominant team in recent years. I know they're not as dominant this year, but Northside, Maya Giles is a playmaker of all playmakers. Ayana Duran is a playmaker. Mae Kendrick, there's a bunch of seniors on the boys' and girls' side of Northside. So it should be a fun senior night for everyone. Um, got a lot of great games going on. Um, especially for the rest of this week. And then, of course, region tournament will be afterwards. And I know a, a lot of these schools won't be here for region tournament. So this will pretty much be a lot of uh, – I'll be doing live streams for any teams that will be at home, and I'm going to try to make it as much home as, as possible. Uh, I don't know if Northside, they may have a home playoff match. I'm going to see if I can they're, – they're one of the few at, with Spencer – um, to have home playoff matches on the boys' side. The girls' side's got Carver, Hardaway, and Northside. All three of them should be hosting playoff games for a long time. So looking forward to these uh, to the playoffs and getting out there strong and doing all these games. And, of course, got Michelli as well. So excited about where basketball's at right now. And then after basketball starts, baseball season as well. It's a, it's a grind season for sure. Well, baseball just started this week. You had Shaw taking on Callaway. You had Carver taking on Hardaway. And I know that Pacelli has got some big games coming up, and I'm really looking forward to seeing baseball and, and, and where these talented teams can go. Yeah, they're, they're, they're extremely talented, and I know we'll get into more detail with that as the season continues to progress. And excited to see where Columbus sports at in general. But back to basketball, Brooks on Pacelli on Friday. That should be an, an awesome matchup. Looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. Um, you know, and Brookstone is a really good team. Coach Quint Davis Allen's had a decent year this year. He's got his team several games over 500. I expect him to make a decent run into the uh, playoffs in the GIAA. But I will say, Bacelli, rumor has it, they should be fully healthy. And we're hoping fully healthy this upcoming Friday. Um, and we want them to be as healthy as possible with everyone on their roster heading into uh, what it should be a good GIAA playoff stretch. Thrift, so Columbus State baseball opened up their season, taking two out of three against West Alabama. Congratulations to head coach Greg Appleton, picking up his 900th victory. And Columbus State, the bats came alive on Saturday, winning those games 11-0 and 12-0 as Matthew McDade hit two uh, two bombs, two run homers and in that Saturday game. And, I'm just excited to see what Columbus State baseball could do. They went to the Super Regional last year, lost to the eventual champion. And you also have LaGrange baseball that's starting up in a couple of weeks. They went to the D3 College World Series. But uh, you're very familiar with Columbus State, the Columbus State Athletic Department, doing a great job. The Cougars in action and the Lady Cougars tonight against Young Harris. Uh, Your thoughts on on where the Columbus State Athletic Department is headed? Yeah, it's heading in the right direction and uh, really excited about uh, Coach Greg Appleton is is one of the best coaches in Division II history. He's done a phenomenal job. Um, he was close to having two his second national championship a few years ago. My my one of my friends, Coach Bowers, was on that staff. I'm really close with Coach Styers, Sammy Styers, who's on that staff. I know a lot of people over at Columbus State, and 
you know, we're talking with Scott Miller and saw him earlier this week and talking about how the program and he's, you know, we were talking about live, you know, the live streaming, the play by play and everything and working together potentially. But I, I was super excited um, to hear they had a good win against West Alabama. And I'm always cheering for Columbus State to do well. I know the boys basketball team is not as good as in years past. Um, coach Moore still an excellent coach and Coach Hauser's got him. Finally, his team. He's been there for several years and he finally has his roster. I'm excited about it. Thrift, you had Dave Plata on Sports Visions on Monday. I got to tell you, I was blown away by that interview. And really, I was watching it on Facebook Live. I think that's the most views you've ever had on your Facebook page. His yeah. story is fascinating. And, you know, whether or not, like, whether or not you agree to get the vaccine or not, he's standing up for what's right. And I think that, you know, when it's all said and done, I mean, he truly is a legend, but he's going to stand up for what he believes in. And I applaud him for that. And I know that he, you know, he's more than welcome to come on my show. He comes on your show. I mean, he is truly a legend. He, and, and that's really not the story. The story is him getting into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, a 36 or 37-year career covering sports here in Columbus. And uh, he is truly a pioneer in the Fountain City. I agree. And he's... He's a legend. He's a guy that I interned with back in 2013 summer. He posted on Facebook, Alexandra O'Neill, and it was Alexandra Vitali. Um, I actually got to intern with him and her during this time period. She was a hard worker. She was an excellent broadcaster, and I thoroughly enjoyed that summer with them and uh, got to experience going to a camp in which I got to see Vernon Davis and a lot of other Cam Newton, a lot of great uh, players that have come out of the state of Georgia at this camp. And I, my first reel I put together and stuff, and it was because of Dave and Alexandra um, that I was able to do that. So Dave always means a lot to me. I know his son, Drew Plata, um, good friends with him and everyone at the WRBL station. And glad that Dave got his flowers and recognition as a MVP. Enjoyed having him on the show. Enjoyed also having on Johnny Garden, uh, the Shaw Raiders coach. He was phenomenal. And uh, very well-spoken, someone that I, I truly believe is going to be extremely successful uh, in, in the future at Shaw Athletics. And uh, excited about where Shaw Athletics is heading. Um, I know that uh, one of the, the basketball coach who is there now is going to be stepping down to the end of the season. But I'm really hoping uh, Coach Horton, and I'm really hoping that uh, one of the guys on staff there, and Coach Marquand, they, they are able to, to get the head job and continue to build this program from the ground up they don't have many seniors on that team three it's funny you mentioned coach garner at shaw uh, did you know that i happen to be at that press conference with jack patterson and jonathan I, did not. Oh, I didn't see you there oh yeah well uh when you guys were interviewing jack patterson on sports visions uh, it was unintentional but i just happened to photobomb in the background yeah i don't know I, if got, you... I didn't i didn't get to notice that at all but that's funny that you did that no we were we were really focused on on Coach Gardner, and that was awesome that Jack had him on site. And then we had him on our actual show on Monday. And that's just – we're pulling big-time guests. We've been pulling big-time guests ever since I've been at Sports Visions and enjoying what we're building there. And more things to come here in the near future. So excited about where it's at. And I'm excited about um, the direction of, uh, of broadcasting around this area. Well, Thrift, it, it really has been just a great opportunity you know, just continuing to have you here on the show. I know you're going to be busy uh, calling these region tournament games in uh, Bailey, Georgia, but uh, we, we do have a lot of coverage and, uh, you know, I'm willing to help out as much as I can. I, I'm just, I'm curious to see where Shaw goes. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah, good luck uh, having a good call on uh, Friday night. Brookstone yep. and St. Apicelli. I'll be at uh, Shaw and Westover. And it should be a fun Friday night of high school basketball. Yeah, excited about it. Um, and I saw that Money Boy TV will be live streaming the game as well at, at Shaw and uh, Henry Avon. Uh, I, can't, I can't – his name is Henry. I can't think of his last name. He's, oh, yeah, he's I a, met him. Yeah, he's at least a, he's, a, he's a good guy. And, um, yeah, it should be an exciting time and uh, excited about what we're doing on Friday. I'll be live on my page and, of course, Viking TV for the Brooks on Bocelli Senior Night. And, uh, yeah, always glad to come on, Richard. Looking forward to a good rest of the week. All right, Thrift, we appreciate you just being here on the show, and uh, well, I'll talk to you next time. See you later, man. All right, see you. All right, that was Thrift Behringer from Sports Visions. Thank you, everybody, once again for watching another or listening to another episode of Sports Beats. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I'm out of here. Bye.